Good morning. Good morning, Victory Church family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Paul. I am privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Resurrection Sunday. I was saying on the, a call earlier that uh, that in the early church, when they greeted each other, they didn't say, you know, what's up or how are we doing today or any other the greetings that we might have today, which are OK, by the way. They 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 would say he is risen. And the response then would be he is risen indeed. The resurrection was so real for them. They wanted to make sure never to forget it, never to forget that Jesus got up out of the grave and, and making an eternal difference for each of them. And now, of course, for us still today. So if you haven't texted your neighbor yet or dropped in the chat yet, uh, do so now. Here's your chance. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen he is risen indeed, and, and without a doubt, it's because he rose. He, his, his having risen makes all the difference. And so we are grateful this morning that he did not stay in the grave. We're grateful that uh, he did rise just like he said he was going to rise, uh, rise from the dead. And if you're here um, you're tuned in this morning. You've made us your church home for for the next thirty minutes or so, and but you don't quite certain uh, you don't quite know that that you believe that yet. My prayer is that you would experience the love of Jesus in a palpable way, like never before, um, and that uh, you'd, you'd recognize anew what Jesus's resurrection means for you and the difference maker in your life that can be. Um, and if you want to know more about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, drop a note in the chat. We'll have someone, somebody, uh, probably me, to start to, to connect with you, and then I'll later connect you with some other folks and leaders here at Victory who can support you in your journey. Even if you're not local, we can help connect you with a Bible-believing church so that you can grow in your faith, being further reconciled to God because we never stop that process. There's the initial reconciliation to him. Uh, and then there's the continual reconciliation to him because as long as we're on the planet, we're not him, right? And so we can connect you as appropriate, whether here at Victory or elsewhere to help that process of reconciliation to God and by extension, reconciliation to brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we are in a sermon series uh, uh, an ongoing sermon series at this point entitled Reconciled to God and Each Other. We are leaning into, uh, on an indefinite basis, um, the vision here at Victory, which is to see people reconciled to God uh, and each other. And it's super great uh, to be with you this morning. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for those who have stewarded the gospel, uh, handling uh, the word with such care over the last couple of weeks. Um, and throughout the rest of April, you're going to continue to hear from voices right within Victory, um, as well as from our Every Nation uh, family. Pastor Brett Fuller, our sending pastor, will be with us. Um, Joseph Williams, who has served faithfully here at Victory for some time. Troy Savage, who has served faithfully for some time. 
Um, and we'll loop back to Kate Martin and others that you've already heard. Uh, we're going to throughout the month of April and even going into May, we'll continue um, to hear from the voices that have already been here and that God has uh, uh, raised up, if you will, and really, even before the pandemic, we're sharing if anybody was really paying attention in these bite-sized ways that were pouring into all of us. Um, so we're going to continue doing that throughout May as we lay further groundwork for the more formal transition activity um, uh, from me pastorally to, to an interim pastor and eventually to your next senior pastor uh, at Victory Church. And we are hopeful. And we are hopeful, again, because Jesus is risen. And so we'll be sure to update you with specifics in a timely fashion as we can. We have a transition team now that is coalescing as a group, and they will be delivering um, those updates more formally as time moves along. This morning, I'll give you a heads up. We'll go a little bit over 11, but not too far over, because thank God for our Victory Kids team. Andrea Smith, you're amazing. I thank God for you, the entire team. We thank God for you. Our kids were up this morning talking about the resurrection in, in excitement for the Easter jam that's going to happen at 11.15. So we'll go over a little bit today, but not too much uh, because we want for there to be the time that the kids need on their call. I hope this morning, though, that you do have your communion elements with you. It being the first Sunday uh, of the month, we will partake of uh, the Lord's table at the end of our time together. Turn with me, if you would now, though, to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 21. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 21. Uh, and, and let's pray as you find that scripture. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day again that you have made. We rejoice. We are glad in it. You are worthy of every praise. If you did nothing else on the planet, God, you died for us. When we were yet in our sin, you took on our sin, atoning for our sin forever. <laughs> You did that, and you didn't just stay in the grave, but you got up out of the grave with all power in your hands. Forever we are grateful for a gift of love that we can never stop thanking you for. And this morning, I pray that you'd illuminate this scripture we're going to read today in such a way, even if it's familiar, that we walk away freshened, <laughs> refreshed by you. Remove me as we pray all the time, allow your Holy Spirit to speak this morning through the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read from the NIV this morning. Um, and I'm going to read again Luke chapter 24. Uh, we're going to start at verse 13 and we'll end about verse 21. The NIV reads this way. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, they, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. 
The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all of this took place. The title of the sermon this morning, uh, the message is Travel Well. Travel Well. Uh, gospel great Walter Hawkins. Anybody listen to Walter Hawkins or know of Walter Hawkins? Uh, had a song maybe in the 80s, maybe early 90s. I might be off. Correct me in the chat if I am. Uh, but the song said this. It said, don't wait until the battle is over. Shout now. I could even hear my godmother Mary Doctor's voice in my ear, even as I recall Walter Hawkins' original song, but she would sing that. And as a kid, we'd sing it over and over. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. The lyrics will go on to say, when you're burdened down with the cares of life and your striving seems in vain, hold your head up high. Your deliverance is nigh. When the battle is over, when the battle is over, we're going home. <laughs> And so from an early age, I, I knew that truth. I was aware of that truth that, that, that we, uh, those of us who call Christ our Lord and Savior, when we're in Christ, that we're not supposed to wait until we see the end, the end of life, if you will, the, the end of an earthly situation. We're supposed to give God some glory, give God some praise right now, all the way through. Why? Well, because we know he's already conquered death and the grave. So we are supposed to believe what we already know. But I've lived a few years now, still growing up, still learning how to adult and what that means, repenting every day for the things I know and the things I'm not aware of that I'm just off on. But in the few years on the planet, 41 now, uh, uh, and I'm sure you too have can identify this. We we have these experiences. Life has a way of bringing circumstances to us that make us forget, or at least miss a little bit at times, the truth, whatever that truth is. We've all been there. We've all been writing, if you will, the the uh, uh, or, or we've tried to write at times the 151st Psalm. Lord, where are you? Why is this happening? This ain't right. How are we supposed to make it through this? We've all been there, individual circumstances, collective circumstances. And the, 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 it's not a funny thing, really. The interesting thing, though, as I've gotten a bit more older, is I realized this life of faith is less about the new revelation and more about believing what I already know. Yes, God, I want more of you. So don't hear that wrongly, church. Right. We want more of you. We want to go deeper, as the song says. And ah, God, help me to believe that which I already knew. Help me to believe and, and walk in that which I learned at age six for some of us, at age 46 for others, whatever. God, just help me believe what I already know. And here in the book of Luke, written by Luke, the beloved physician, as he's referred to in Colossians, uh, uh, this, this book that is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament that speak of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. This book of Luke that is uh, one half, if you will, of a two-volume work, the other one being the book of Acts. It emphasizes throughout the book that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. Who, 
get this, draws people to himself from every race, every culture, every social status. And Luke, he names Theophilus as the recipient of, of, of this letter, of this book. But, but clearly, Luke is writing to a much broader, a much larger audience as well. At the beginning of chapter 24 that we didn't read in, in, in this space, we read a little bit earlier uh, in our discipleship moment call, um, we learn about the woman who first found the tomb empty. The woman, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, Mary Magdalene, Salome, Joanna, they had followed Joseph of Arimathea when he took Jesus's body to the tomb. So they knew exactly where they needed to return with their spices. And, and eventually they went, they found the stone, the, as some scholars say, thousand pound stone just rolled away. Anybody have some weights that just seem to roll away and you could only say, God, you did that. They found this thousand pound stone that had sealed the tomb rolled away. And then probably like many of us, maybe just me, but I would guess many of us, they, they went in and were puzzled. They were wondering, scripture says, wondering what to make of this, though, though they already knew. <laughs> they already knew they had been told. Again, sometimes, sometimes it's not the new revelation that we need. Sometimes it's just faith to believe that which we've already been told. They knew. God, help us believe that which we've already been told, such that when you come through, when Jesus comes through for you, when Jesus provides exactly what is needed, when Jesus works it all together for the good of those who are the called according to his purpose, when he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, May our response not be one of bewilderment or being puzzled or wondering what this is, but rather a continuation of the praise that we had the entire time, not just when we saw how it worked out all right, better than all right. God help us to believe that which we already know. In verse four, again, uh, earlier than we just read in this moment, but er verse four of chapter 24, it says the two men and clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And the women were scared. And in their fear, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. And, and the angel said, and, and I'll just paraphrase here, they said, get up. <laughs> Jesus is risen. Remember when, he, remember when he told you, when he said this was going to happen? It's happening. In verse 8, it says they, they remembered. They remembered his words. Then in verse 9, it, it, and also in other Gospels, it says that they, they ran to tell the good news to the apostles and everyone else. And if you've been around Victory any length of time, you know I love to highlight the fact that the most important telegram ever sent in human history was sent with woman. The most important sermon to ever be preached, if you will, was entrusted to woman. By the way, did Kate Martin not preach a word last week? We need a savior. The woman in this text were preaching. They ran, told, 
And he's risen. He is risen. But it says the, the folks they talked to, mostly men likely, they didn't believe them. They resisted it because they thought it was nonsense. And I don't know what gets in the way of your hearing truth, but, uh, uh, but don't allow don't allow progress on your part in Jesus to be disrupted because of your own hangups about who God can use when he wants to use them to bring truth to your and to my life. I wish I had time. I don't this morning to, to tell you just how even in this past year, God, your patience, your grace is sufficient. Thank you for your mercy. But how I missed and even resisted at times truth until the bottom of the ninth inning, if you will. And, and yet the whole time God's word was right in front of me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your patience. Thank you, Lord. And now the text says where we started reading today, and we don't know which two. It says two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. Verse 14 says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked, as they discussed these things with each other, verse 15 says, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them, but they didn't even recognize him. Oh. Jesus says, hey, what, you, what y'all talking about? <laughs> he said, man, don't you know what happened? Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet, was crucified. And we had hoped he was going to be the one that was going to redeem Israel. But now it's been three days. I know none of us ever sounded like that, ever. Me, I have. Perhaps you, never. <laughs> In our respective roads, if you will, our walks of life. We've never doubted a promise God made to us. And as a result, talked about what we had hoped God would have done or how we had hoped God would have shown up, especially after some time has passed. It's been a minute where you had God. We've never said, God, I had hoped that you would have healed my child by now, God. I, uh, I had hoped I would have been able to have kids by now, God. I had hoped that you would have delivered my spouse by now, God. I had hoped you would have helped me complete my college degree by now, God. I had hoped you would have gotten me out of debt by now, God. I had hoped that I'd have some peace in my life, God. I had hoped that I would be settling In this way or in that way, by now, it's been three days. It's been three years. It's been three weeks. It's been 30 years. God, I had hoped. What are you discussing on your road this morning? What you talking about, Willis? What what am I talking about? How am I discussing? And might I admonish again, the main point of the message is believe what you already know. And if I can further admonish you and me, be careful. Be careful about how and what we discuss, whatever the topic on this faith journey called life. Let us be careful. Verse 15 says, they talk, they discuss these things with each other. And then Jesus came up and walked alongside them, but they didn't even recognize them. Story I've shared here before, I'll make it a bit more brief now, was, was when I, uh, you know, we, 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 we used to walk our kids to school every day back when they were in person, in, in school, which any parent out there wonder how in the world we still have a job doing what we've been doing. Um, by the way, you're an ama- you are amazing parents, right? Like, how are we even doing this? Single parents, how is it happening? How in the world? Unless, you know, you got family or an in-law or, or maybe a nanny and, and, uh, or maybe one spouse can stay home. And, and even then it's still hard in any of those circumstances, but, but certainly helpful. How in the world? Anyways, once upon a time, we walk them to school. 
where they spent six and a half hours in the building, learning, growing, giving us a chance to do work. <laughs> we'd walk them every day, we'd race, we'd crack jokes on the way, we'd pick up dandelions and we'd talk about the birds. And, and sometimes the kids would say, hey daddy, can I run ahead? And I'm like, sure, go on ahead. And, and then they would get to this point where there was a crosswalk and they'd have to cross the street. So they'd stop, they'd look back at me kind of to see what I would say. And I would say something like, you know what to do y'all. And I'd watch them. They look both ways, right? And they're making sure there are no cars. Sometimes there would be a car coming, but they couldn't see it because there was a parked car. So their vision just couldn't get past that. But there was a car coming. But what they did not know was that daddy had already looked. <laughs> Told them to look both ways, yeah. But I had already looked. And I had already seen the car beyond the parked car. And I had already put my hands up to the neighbors driving in those cars to stop so that my kiddos could cross over to the other side without too serious an injury. And can I say this morning, Victory Church, our resurrected savior has been putting his hand up our entire lives. Individually, collectively, as a corporate entity, Victory Church of Charlottesville, when we've seen something coming and especially when we didn't until late, Nothing ever catches him by surprise. When we didn't know as a church what we were going to do with our trailer, we didn't have a consistent way to, to transport it, y'all. I was sweating. I was up at night, faithful in God. But I'm like, we don't know how this is going to work. God put his hand up, softened the hearts of the Boys and Girls Club and said, you know what? Just leave it out front. Don't worry about it. When it looked like we wouldn't have a space to, to just do one service, God sent Christy Isaiah, who at the time was an AP at Walker Upper Elementary who said, you know what, let me see what I can work out. Yep, turns out you can have a whole complex for a price you can afford. I can name dozens, dozens of examples, some of which I've shared in this context, many of which you have no idea about that God in his resurrected self showed up, put his hands up and said, you walk on over, Victory. Walk on over. And even in this season, God's saying, I'm still risen. Talk about me like you know what I can still do. Travel well. Believe what you already know. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I've got to stop. So I'm going to stop so we can take communion. Lord, thank you. Help us to believe what we already know. May the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength, our redeemer. We love you, Lord. Continue to speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. 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 I'm going to try to transition and, and shift to this time of communion. So grab your elements, your juice, your bread, your crackers, your water, whatever you have that represents the, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are going to partake together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Your blood has never lost, never will lose its power. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Communion is a celebration of the gospel. Gospel being, Jesus took on our sins. He received the wages of our sin, which was death, in our place so that we could be made whole through him. So participation now in communion is for anyone who has put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible, though, does say in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11 that we should not take this communion in an unworthy manner, in an irreverent manner. So take a moment, examine your hearts, ponder the goodness of God in his sacrifice for us. Take about 10 seconds to ponder that this morning. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at the latter part of verse 23, that on the night that our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Verse 25 says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain. To the lowest valleys. God, your blood never loses its power. Thank you for your death on Calvary's cross because of which we can experience abundant life. Not a storm-free life, as we say, but 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 but, but a storm-proof life. We're gonna go through, we, we might even get rained on a lot. Many of us are getting rained on right now, whether it's health in our body, whether it's our family, whether it's whatever it is, but God, in you, we have a refuge where we can access wisdom and discernment to move forward in a manner that brings you glory that honors you, we praise you, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And some of you here may, may have prayed a prayer like that for the first time. And you might be saying, for the first time, I'm, I'm accepting Jesus into my life to have this storm-proof life. If that is you, let us know. There's a connect card link in the chat box, or you can just mention your name in the chat box, and I will reach out and connect you accordingly so that we can walk with you. The Bible says, angels in heaven, and so do we, rejoice with one sinner's repentance. And so if there's one, share with us so we can celebrate and walk with you moving forward. Family, love you, love you dearly. Coming weeks, you'll again, you'll hear from other voices within Victory, within our Every Nation family. And I pray that God's peace would guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And may the risen Savior reign, rest, and rule on the altars of our hearts today, tomorrow, forevermore. In Jesus' name, once again, amen. Fam, let's live in Victory. And Victory kids, let's have our Easter jam here in a few minutes. Love y'all. Be well.